Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. I really hope and pray that these past few episodes where we have answered some questions has been a blessing to you. I must say I'm encouraged to see your Facebook post, your text messages, just your response to the past couple of episodes and how you've enjoyed hearing the answers to these biblical questions. And I greatly appreciate that. Today we'll be having another question that sort of goes along with last week's question. And it's fitting that these two episodes are back to back just because the nature of them And these two events are often confused in Scripture. And so I want to make sure we understand biblically that these are two separate events and we know exactly what we're talking about when we're asked about this topic. But before we dive into the question, I would encourage you to send in your questions. I've had a couple different questions the past couple of weeks that have arose out of the past two podcasts. And so if that happens to you, please feel free to call, text, or email me your question. That way we can answer it either on the phone or I can answer it in a podcast. And I would greatly appreciate you sending in your questions. Today we will continue talking about coming judgments and that a certain group of people will face. In the near future, in the coming future, uh, there will be a different judgment separate from what we talked about last week. Last week we discussed in detail the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ. That is where all believers will stand before Jesus Christ and give an account for their works and the motive for those works. So we talked about it's not an event where your sins are displayed. It's not an event where your forgiveness is in question. You are there because you are forgiven, not to be forgiven. And so people often ask why we must understand these judgments and why should we even discuss them because God is so loving. Some say there is no need for judgments. We, we, we shouldn't even discuss the idea of God being our judge. And so let's make a couple of things clear today right off the start. Judgment might not be a topic you like to talk about, but Scripture is very clear and to the point that all of mankind, all of, every human, man, woman, boy or girl, believers and unbelievers will stand before Jesus Christ one day at their own specific judgment day. The reality is us as humans are accountable to our creator. That is the simple fact that many try to ignore. Many want to be accountable to themselves or many want to be accountable uh, to just their actions. But we must understand something. God created us. He spoke us into existence. And so we are going to have to give an account to our creator, believers and unbelievers. That's the truth of scripture. And so just like a child is accountable for their actions to their parents, so are we to be accountable for our actions and our life to our creator. I heard it put like this one time. If you walk through a graveyard, you'll see something that's similar on every tombstone. You have a birth date and you have a death date. And in the middle is a little slash or a hyphen. And that hyphen is all that you have. And so how have you spent that? How have you lived the life that God has given you? And you will have to give an account for the life that you've lived, whether you're a believer or whether you're an unbeliever. And we talked last week, the judgment for us as believers is not something to fear. It's not something that we should run away from, but it's something that we should anticipate and it should cause us to work that much more fervently for the gospel. The judgment of God will not occur in one final judgment. So last week we spoke about the Bema Seat of Christ, and that is a judgment that will take place first. 
then the judgment that we're going to be talking about today will take place later on in the future. In fact, there are a number of different judgments that will take place that Revelation actually speaks of in other passages in our New Testament and the book of Daniel. The good news is for us as believers, we take part in the first judgment. That is the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, and that takes place, Bible is pretty clear, immediately after the rapture of the church. After that, the world is, after the rapture of the church, the world is thrown into chaos in what is called the Great Tribulation Period or the seven years of tribulation. We can depict that and say that as seven years of literal hell on earth. It's going to be worse than anything we could ever imagine. And the good news is we, the church, us as believers, the body of Jesus, we will not be a part of this awful time. And praise the Lord for that. It's okay to say praise the Lord that we will not be a part of that awful and dreadful tribulation period. Then after the tribulation, there is what's known as the second coming of Christ, which is often confused with the rapture of Jesus coming back to receive his bride. We'll probably do a podcast on the difference between the rapture and the second coming in the future. But then that sends the world into what's known as the millennial kingdom. And this is the 1,000 year reign of Jesus Christ, where he is literally on earth. His foot has stepped on the Mount of Olives. He has done away with evil. And so he comes back to reign on earth from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. And there are other things that will take place during this 1,000 years that we will discuss later on a separate podcast. But after this event, Satan and all of his minions or his demons, they will be judged and then cast into his eternal state, which is the lake of fire. Then all of the dead unbelievers will be raised and brought before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And this judgment is called the great white throne judgment. So today what we're going to be answering or what we're going to be looking at in detail is what exactly is the great white throne judgment and what does the Bible have to say about this event. And so Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 through 15, we could spend a long time here but we'll try to be brief today. Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15 give us the greatest picture of the great white throne judgment in our Bibles. Verse 11 says this, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the, in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the Bible is very clear about this dreadful day. And this, these few verses in Revelation chapter 20 give us the greatest detail about this horrible event that is to come for those that do not believe. First, let's understand the setting that John paints for us here in Revelation chapter 20. We see the word in verse number 11 where he says, And I saw a great white throne. He uses the word great for this throne. The Greek word here for great is megas or mega in our language. What John is implying is this is a mega throne. This is a throne that should be feared. In other words, it's an awesome, fearful throne. And, and understand when I use the word awesome, I do not mean it like we do today where it's amazing to be there. No, I mean this is a dreadful place 
to be. He paints the picture with the word great. This is a gigantic, it's a huge place that we, that, that unbelievers will stand at. And there they will feel so small as they are being judged for everything that they have done. It's a fearful throne because of the glory and the righteousness and the holiness of the one that is sitting upon it. John then says it's a great white throne. The Greek word used here is Lucas, showing the purity of the throne. So that Greek word goes back to the purity of Jesus and the one that is sitting upon the throne. And so something we must be very clear about today is in the courtroom of Jesus Christ, there is not one ounce of injustice. There's not one hint of bribery. In other words, God's coming judgment to ban those to hell is completely fair and is completely just. A lot of times we watch shows on television or we hear about uh, people going into court today where the courtroom is unjust, where the bribery can take place and people can sway uh, the, the, the judgment that the judge would have for them with money and with language and different things. Something we must be very clear about today is that the courtroom that Jesus runs, the courtroom of the great right throne judgment, there will be no bribery. There will be no injustice. It will be fair and it will be right. Unbelievers are going to get what they actually deserve. Now, as harsh as that sounds, it is true. And not just unbelievers deserve that, but us as believers deserve this banishment, this, this doomed to the lake of fire. But we come by faith to Jesus. He offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. And so we accepted that free gift. And so now we are justified. But unbelievers and mankind, what we do deserve is to be kicked off into the lake of fire. His courtroom and throne are pure, just, and right, and many people cannot wrap their minds around someone actually deserving a place like hell. But we will discuss that in detail in a few moments near the end of the podcast. But John then describes the throne in even more detail. He says in verse 11, and I saw a great white throne, and notice these words, and him that sat on it, and him that sat on it. You say, who is sitting on the throne at the great white throne judgment? It is none other than God's son, Jesus Christ, who is their final judge. He is the one that gave his life so that all of mankind could be saved if they would come by faith and accept his free gift. And the unbelievers, the people that are standing at this great white throne, they rejected him and his free gift. And now he will reject them publicly in front of his father and reject them eternally forever and ever and ever. Jesus, after his resurrection and ascension, after, after the gospels, he sat down at the right hand of God the Father on the throne where he will be the holy and righteous judge. Now, the father is not the judge in this case. John chapter 5 and verse 22 says this, For the father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And so because of the sacrifice and the willingness of Jesus Christ performing the act of love and the demonstration of love, the Father has given the Son all right to judge all of mankind. The Father has given the Son all right to judge on the great white throne judgment day because he is the one that paid for the sins of mankind. So he gets the authority to judge sin 
on that day. We could stay on the setting of this event for a long time, and really we could spend multiple podcasts breaking down these verses, and we might actually look at verse 12 and discuss the books more in detail in a couple in an episode in the future. But right now we're just getting an overview of this awful event. But we could stay here for a while, but we must take away the setting of this place is going to be awful and it's a fearful place. And so that's one thing we must understand as we study the setting of this place. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 14 says this, his eyes were as a flame of fire indicating that he has seen all that has ever taken place. And so with that being said, we must move from the setting to look at the summons, the unescapable summons that will take place at the day of the great white throne judgment. Notice all the unbelievers are present. Let's break down these verses really quickly. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, Jesus Christ, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. You say, who's that talking about? The unbelievers. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these things, which are written in the books, according to their works. Verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. So in these few verses, we see a different, a uh, few different groups of unbelievers, but what is certain is that all unbelievers, past, present, and future, will be present at the great white throne judgment. All those that were still alive during the 1,000-year reign, they are present. Notice then the verse said there was no place for them to go. Then he says the dead were resurrected. Notice how the, at the rapture, we who placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we are called dead in Christ. Or in other words, we are sleeping in Christ. But this group of people that will appear before Jesus as their judge at the great white throne, they're dead. Not dead in Christ, they're dead. You say, how come? Because they never placed their faith. They were never made alive by the regenerating power of Jesus Christ. They were still dead in their trespasses and sins, as Ephesians chapter 2 says. And he calls them to this dreadful throne. And notice the word hell in this verse. The Greek word there is Hades, which is a temporary dwelling place for all unbelievers that, that have died before this event, before the millennial reign. And so they are in torment as we speak today, they await their final sentence at this great, terrible white throne. But then he says, both small and great stand before the judge. That means that his judgment is fair. Jesus is not going to pull some strings for the wealthy. He isn't impressed with earthly treasure. And so what he's saying here is when, when it comes to the great white throne judgment, you're not going to find some rich man offering money for his judgment not to be as bad as it should be. No, at the great white throne judgment, there is no injustice, as we said, and there is no bribery. And so he brings up all unbelievers from those that were alive and those that have died that are in awaiting torment. And as they are awaiting, they are called up to stand before Jesus as their judge before they are eternally cast into the lake of fire and there the bible calls that their second 
death. Then the verse goes on to say that the books were opened and literally we could spend uh, 20 minutes alone probably just explaining these books that were opened. But one of them is described as the Lamb's Book of Life. And so I had a question from the last podcast that was asked, when will this book be opened in our judgment? And at the Bema seat, we are saved. So our name is for sure in the Lamb's Book of Life. There is no need for Jesus to survey the Lamb's Book of Life looking for our names as we wait anxiously to find out if we're getting into heaven. No, our name is there. As we talked about last time, as we stand at the, at the Bema seat of Christ, we are saved, we are secured, and there is is no uh, wondering if we're redeemed or wondering if we're forgiven. But here at the great white throne judgment, the books are opened. And one thing is for certain, no one that is present at this event will have their name in the Lamb's book of life. Then you say, well, why is the book even opened? For evidence to prove to all unbelievers that they are deserving of what is to come. It's simply evidence for all the unbelievers that are present that they are deserving about what's about to happen to them. And so the Lamb's Book of Life is opened at this event. And as Jesus is looking through it, he finds not one person's name that is present in the book. And so that's something we must understand today. As we said last week in the episode about the Bema Seat of Christ, if you find yourself at the Judgment Seat or the Bema Seat of Christ, you are 100% saved and you are not going to go to hell. You're not going to spend eternity without Jesus and without God. You are saved because you're at that event. And the same goes for the Great White Throne Judgment. If you find yourself at the Great White Throne, you're there because you never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. You're there because you rejected his free gift. And so if you find yourself at the great white throne judgment, there's no escape. Your eternity is sealed in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. The, the verse goes on to say that they will be judged for their works. Here the judge, which is Jesus, will put on display their life and prove to them that they had a chance and they wasted their life away with wrong living, with riotous living, with covetous living. And the books are opened to prove to all unbelievers that this courtroom is just, it's fair, and it's right. All accusations that are being made toward the, the person that's being accused, they're true. Jesus had offered them a way out. He had offered them the forgiveness of sins, but they in their own stubbornness, in their own rebellion, they chose to go their own way. And now they find themselves at this great white throne judgment where it's eternally too late. Let me just take a moment really quickly to talk to the listeners. If today you're pushing away Jesus, if you're saying you don't want to place your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and the rapture takes place, friend, I love you, but it's eternally too late at that point. You will find yourself at the great white throne judgment, and that is not Jesus's plan for you. Hell was not created for you and I as humans. Hell, in fact, was created for Satan and all of his demons, not for us. But when we reject the free gift of Jesus... We simply say we can do this on our own, and, and the, the conclusion is we can't do this on our own. And so some will say, as studying this passage, well, if God is so loving, he could not do so. He could not send humans to hell, and I fully disagree. 
He was so loving that he gave the world a chance. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. He was our substitute so that you and I could go free and we would never have to experience hell, which is an eternity separated from God. And so trust me as unbelievers at the great white throne judgment, they will demand a fair and just trial. That is exactly what they will receive. They will receive a fair and a just trial because of their sin. And so some say, well, God is so loving, he can't do this to mankind. But at the end of the day, God is just as much righteous and holy as he is loving. And so because God in his nature is holy and righteous, he must demand payment for sin. He must demand a sacrifice for sin. And we can't give that to him in and of ourselves and still go to heaven. And so God was so loving, yes, and so righteous, yes, that he sent Jesus to pay for the sin debt of mankind. In his righteousness, he turned his back to the Son, and in his loving he offered us the free gift or the righteousness of his son. And so because we reject that gift, because mankind stiff arms and rebels God at the great white throne judgment, they get what they deserve because they rejected the free gift of Jesus. As harsh as that sound, God in all of his righteousness and lovingness has offered you a way out. And the punishment to this Sentence, the punishment at the great white throne judgment is being cast into the lake of fire. Notice verse 14 and 15. And the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, which at this event nobody will be found in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Listen, today you might be listening to this podcast unsure about your salvation. One thing is certain, you will stand before Jesus Christ as your judge. You'll either stand before him at the Bema seat where you are sin free, you are safe, and you're able to enter into heaven. Or you'll stand before him at the great white throne judgment where you are proven guilty on all accounts for your life. And you are then cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. But listen, today... You do not have to ever stand at the great white throne judgment. Today, mercy is still extended. Will you accept it? If you would like to talk more about this and how you can be for sure you're never going to stand at this judgment, reach out to me, please. You can find all of my information, myself, on my email at travisshelltonministries.com. I encourage you to reach out so we can talk more about your salvation. And for those of you that are saved today, rejoice that you were saved and forgiven. And you never have to stand at the great white throne judgment, but yet you get to stand at the Bema seat where you get to cast all of your rewards at the feet of Jesus. But leave this podcast with this, this thought. Have such an urgency about your gospel message. No doubt you're going to have friends and family members that if they do not profess Christ, they will stand at the great white throne judgment where it's eternally too late. So friend, today you have a message, you have a gospel, you have a Bible that you can take and share with these people the life-changing message of the gospel. So I hope this podcast today has been an encouragement to you. I wanted to do these back-to-back because a lot of people get the Bema Seat and the, and the Great White Throne Judgment mixed up. 
there's two separate events. A lot of people like to portray these events as one where mankind steps up to the seat, steps up to the plate, and there their name, Jesus is scanning the book for hours, seeing if they can find, seeing if he can find your name. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches if you're at the Bema seat, you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. Nothing can pluck you out of the Father's hand. The Bible also teaches if you're at the great white throne judgment, you're there because you're an unbeliever and your eternity is sealed in a place called hell in the lake of fire. So friend, today, have an urgency about your gospel message as we try to be the hands and feet of Jesus, as we share the gospel message, as we watch Jesus snatch souls out of the clasp of Satan's grasp. Have a great Friday, and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.